This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, your host. Joining me to uh, discuss the team with three losses on the trot. The man bringing the downers, Mr. Chris Bird. Hello, mate. You got a big bag of got a big <laughs> bag of downers for us, have you? I've got a bundle of energy. How's that? Uh, I was thinking more of uh, illegal substances, but uh, never you mind. Because the man who's bringing the uppers to the party, Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome. Hello. Hello. I'm f- full of press, I am. <laughs> it sounds like you've given uh, Chris uh, a few uppers already. You might have to uh, mix and match. What's in your little bags? Yeah, as long as I don't get an upset stomach and have to leave early. <laughs> Funny you say that. Funny you say that, because uh, just shortly before we uh, logged on here, I, I made a, a, a green Thai curry, and uh, I think I had a bit too much meat compared to uh, like the, the sauce, green sauce or the paste. I found this uh, jar of green uh, tie that I remembered that I had somewhere at the back of the cupboard and uh, threw a bit of that in it and I've never smelled anything so bad in my life. And I looked and the jar was out of date. So I'm hoping uh, that after about 12 minutes of this podcast I do not do a <laughs> Lucas Dean. Because <laughs> there's some rumbles already. So, it could uh, be more like a Gary Lineker. Beware of that. <laughs> yeah. What did Lineker do? He just puked up on the pitch, didn't he? I thought he shit himself. No, he shot himself on the pitch. Oh, he shit himself. Well, hopefully we won't be doing it. What game was that? Was that for England? It is the World Cup. It's all coming back. The listeners need context, because I need context 1990 World Cup, wasn't it, I think? I think it was against against Ireland, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. That's what happens when you play Ireland. They intimidate you. Right. Everybody well? Not bad. Not bad despite uh, Villa's uh, third loss on the trot. Oh, I can't wait for Spurs, who seem to be in electric <laughs> form at the Gonna moment. Gonna be a massacre! <laughs> hey, hey don't, don't get the snuts. Uh, jump to conclusions, <laughs> shall we? Coming up in the show, we'll go through uh, the latest Villa news, as per usual. Uh, have a look at uh, the three points. We'll whiz through them to get through them to the meat and gravy. We've, we've gone over a lot of this ground about the hole in the midfield, the midfield organisation. I mean, we did some uh, lengthy debate 
updates on this in the uh, the My Woman Said Patron Extra podcast. So if you're a patron and you haven't listened to those, uh, give them a listen. Uh, if you are not a patron, then uh, what are you doing? Uh, become a patron and uh, listen to those shows. I mean, at the top of the show, uh, this one, I will mention, uh, I don't believe for one moment Villa are going to throw 60 million at Calvin Phillips and uh, see him as the missing link to turn this Villa team into a load of world-beating beaters considering he's I did the maths on the two seasons Leeds have been in the Premier League and it's uh, 60% he's played of Leeds's games well there's a missing link this season well he is a missing link yeah this season he's uh, at 40 because he's only pl- started 12 games I mean he's just come back after being absent uh, for months uh, I think over 100 days he's been out has, has he played Villa I haven't seen him in a lead shirt against Villa maybe Not once to remember yeah. you don't pay 60 I mean Manchester City did pay 100 million for a player that always missed a third of the season but uh, I wouldn't be paying 60 million for Phillips uh, we've had I mean he fits the profile of the kind of midfield you want of course but uh, you pay money for players to play not uh, to have them sitting around wearing a pair of bizarre shoes they were weird and, weren't they <laughs> and baggy looks uh, <laughs> like dungarees questionable but, uh, I think I'd call it questionable yeah questionable shall we say a bit like a minion but uh, anyway let's uh, crack on shall we uh, let's go straight into the villain news Nakamba, who could be a, a temporary uh, solution to this midfield balance issue, uh, managed to get uh, a good hour in uh, in the under-23s game where they got beat 4-1 by Stoke. I think it was 2-1 they were losing when uh, Nakamba was on the pitch. It was a very young side. Yeah, a lot of uh, the, the main uh, under-23 players were obviously on international duty, should we say the more talented ones. Speaking of international duty, uh, we did go through this uh, in something for the weekend, but Watkins and Mings got on the score sheet for England. McGinn got on the score sheet for uh, Scotland. Ramsey scored for the under-21s. Uh, Matty Cash uh, qualified for the World Cup for Poland. So uh, it's always good to have uh, Villa players littered amongst the other teams so because it gives you a legitimate excuse to uh, watch those games or at least in that I, I mean I tend to like watching all the games but uh, gives you a, a legitimate interest shall we say uh, meanwhile uh, Coutinho and Bailey scored penalties for Brazil and Jamaica it's funny a Watkins penalty against Wolves actually where the commentator made out it was a con no I think it was the interview with Gerard on the BBC where they said uh, what a consummate penalty it was by Watkins and he's just thinking, well, it's like skin of paint. No, that's the reason that went that, that went in. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, uh, good news actually for Villa women's team because uh, a decent scalp uh, beating Spurs away from home late on as well. Spurs were trying to get, uh, they were, I think they were fourth, get gunning for uh, third place. So uh, certainly uh, a surprise win there, but a much needed one. I think they got a draw in the last game, but uh, they've certainly struggled at home. So like, like, the, like the senior men's team, crap at home, but. Well, we've not been great away, but <laughs> these, these, are, just uh, these are vastly improved away from home. <laughs> not, not like the men's team at all. Just, no. uh, <laughs> right, so uh, let's see what the uh, the battery hens have been doing this week with Media Muppets. Right, what's in the Media Muppet trough this week, Phil? Well, it's a story about Anwar El Ghazi. Remember him? Um, Who? Yeah. 
Well, the battery hens of the Birmingham Mail and John Townley for them wrote this headline, Anwar Al-Ghazi set to finally end Everton loan nightmare after Aston Villa transfer. So you're reading that and you're thinking, is he leaving? I mean, is he leaving Villa? Is he leaving Everton? Is he retiring from football? I mean, how is he going to end this nightmare? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, I thought this was a slightly poor taste piece because they've managed to churn a Villa story out of the fact that Andros Townsend's season is over due to a knee injury. I mean, they think this might lead to more game time for Anwar Al-Ghazi, which this is where it goes again. It might in turn lead to a permanent Everton move. Well, if they get relegated, it might. And then which in turn might lead to a place in the Dutch squad. I mean, it's not even a Villa story, and there's a lot of mites in there. Mites, more like. Yeah. I'm just obsessed with these uh, 60 million uh, Calvin Phillips. uh, But that's the the Telegraph, isn't it, that's running that one? That's Mr. Percy, wasn't it, if I remember rightly? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it, uh, I think it's across the board, but the fact that people are just lapping up without even thinking, would Villa really play for a player that's hardly played this season? Not even questioning uh, his injury record or uh, the fact that Phillips, if he's eyeing a move from Leeds, he's already turned Villa down to play for Leeds when Villa were a, se- you know, were a division above. And as we discussed uh, elsewhere, he would want to move top six team, wouldn't Surely. he? When it's yep. the old classic position where you know Villa were challenging for Europe then fair enough but there's other moves there if no I I can't see people wanting to drop that amount of money uh, until he's got a season in him but he's already I've read elsewhere I mean it depends who you support if you're supporting Leeds then their press are saying uh, you know is looking to sign new contract etc of course West Ham's press is like if if they sign or if they sell Declan Rice he's he's the number one replacement so yes right whoever he whoever wants to to sign him it's whatever narrative suits uh. anyway let's get on to three points Uh, number one the World Cup draw I think quite an interesting group uh, for uh, England. Uh, start with England. Uh, Iran USA always a good good matchup. It's not the first should, should time. Be a belter uh, of a political on that one. Wasn't it? <laughs> the last time they played, uh, Iran beat them, didn't they? In France ninety eight. Yeah, uh, I mean uh, Iran are normally uh, pretty tidy, so uh, it'd be interesting because I'd imagine uh, you know the USA a bit more be a bit more athletic or whatever. But uh, Iran definitely got a uh, got a chance of uh, sneaking in there. Uh, the other outstanding. Uh, place will be either wales ukraine or scotland who would who would you go for out of those lot phil since you're neutral i would like to see england and scotland again i mean seen england wales and england scotland i think the, the scots have sort of the more players i mean they've mcginn as well so it'll give me a reason to watch it yeah but, but i thought that the interesting stat that somebody's picked out of that world cup draw was that if you go by the fifa rankings england actually got the hardest group because they have the highest average ranking in that group, even though we know that's not really true. And it's uh, the average ranking is 17. What's the next hardest? It's uh, Group E, isn't it, with uh, no. Spain, Germany, and Japan? Well, that's in reality. Oh, no, actually, it's yeah, not. Group it's, it's Group D. Yeah, yeah. with France, France and Denmark. Denmark, Tunisia, uh, and potentially uh, Peru, Australia, or United Emirates. There's no group of death, really, is there? No, not for me. I mean, I think in, I think the the one that you'd say is probably the closest one to being a tight group is probably Group H: Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay, South Korea. On their day, they can all get results yeah. against each other in that one. It has that kind of feel of uh, another qualifying round, doesn't it? Yeah, it'll not to kick off. Yeah, it'll not kick off until the the knockouts start. Because I mean, I look down the list, and you always think, okay, who's the who's the heavy hitter who could fall? Because there's always one that falls out in the group stage, and you look at it this time round, and you kind of go, I don't know where that's coming this time. Yeah, you're going to have to really uh, 
You're gonna have to go Not some to fuck up. this one up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Argentina have got a reasonably challenging group. I mean, uh, people were talking about them as one of the favourites. Saudi Arabia again can be tidy. Poland tend not to turn up, but they have the capabilities and of doing something. Mexico have got some good players. Mexico uh, are always uh, turn up. And, I mean, unfortunately, I remember when they were great, and uh, I think Argentina beat them one nil. It was either in the second round or the quarters. I think, I think France France's group could be tricky enough. Denmark are a good group team, and then you have. I, I always like whenever Peru turn up; they're always very good footballing team, but they never have a. They never follow it through, so maybe this will be the year they do. Yeah, but anyway, I'm sure that will heat up. Uh, I don't know about the uh, suddenly uh, attacking uh, Qatar again. I think that chance was, uh, in terms of human rights and all that, should have been a bit, little bit earlier. They won the uh, the bidding because they were promising air-conditioned stadiums yes. and uh, it was just going to be played at the normal time in these air-conditioned stadiums but then still they wouldn't have bid and then suddenly the bid was completely different and they had to crowbar it in, into the winter schedule and you're just thinking you know they're, they're, those gold watches that they gave everybody uh, while they were bidding so they've obviously done a thing if you do a bit of reading around the bidding process I mean uh, there was a big I mean this was ages ago I think I've still got it somewhere in one of the broadsheets 10 pages and it just basically details all the bribes that everybody got in the bi- the bidding process all the confederation reps were getting some very nice treatments uh, when they were obviously meeting uh, the Qatar delegation but uh, first Muslim country, I think, 100% Muslim country that's uh, hosting the game. So, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, I, the first place I've ever flown to in my life as a kid was Qatar in the days that tourists weren't allowed. Uh, wow. One of the family members was working uh, on the rigs there, uh, stepdad. And oh, I thought so he we moved went- there actually as a child, but then the Gulf War started, so we didn't. Yeah, went there for a month at the greatest suntan i've ever had when i came back <laughs> to when i came back to school but I, I i do remember playing football uh like the expats and against uh you know some of the locals and you know like five sides and stuff and they're all dressed up in uh, the robes you know and, it, and it's great fun and and that is the spirit that you you would love qatar to have uh, the world cup in but there's just there's so much of a nefarious kind of layers to it that it's a, it's a shame. I mean, in the uh, in that earnest vision of you know spreading the you know football around the world, it's uh, you know it ticks the box, but it's just all the other shit that kind of uh, casts a cloud. Right. Point number two: uh, UEFA desperate to uh, crowbar more teams into the Champions League. They're looking to go to thirty six now. Where in an English context, the winners of the FA Cup could actually qualify for the Champions League from twenty twenty four but only if the club has a high coefficient ranking in UEFA competitions. Basically, like a get-out-of-jail card for the uh, the top four, really, isn't it? Big time. Yeah, if, you, you know, if you've been consistently in and around the Champions League for the previous five seasons, you'll get that get-out-of-jail card, which would be great yeah. for teams like Arsenal and Spurs. Well, Man United, I think, yeah, you've obviously got the big Chelsea, three. Who are, yeah, yeah, they're generally all right. And obviously Chelsea, because they've won it, they could, could have a mare if their sanctions pinch more I don't think they will but do you know what I mean it, there's, there's teams that will get out of jail this season if Palace won it they would not qualify would they if they no. won the FA Cup no. they wouldn't qualify because they've got no rep no coefficient ranking in UEFA competitions so uh, yeah it's bullshit I think yeah and expanding it just is bullshit as well so what you know just you know Champions League by name is the Champions 
duke it out to be the champions of Europe. And that's the premise of it. But uh, it's getting watered down more and more just to make money, just to have more TV games to make money out of. Uh, Point number three, our friends at uh, PGMOL have uh, a solution for them to potentially uh, improve their performances has been offered up by Manchester United interim manager Ralph Rannick, who uh, said that officials should be allowed to train with clubs so they're able to get to know and understand players better as opposed to only coming into contact with them on match days. So uh, probably first port of call would be Manchester United's training ground, where yeah, they'll probably stay at least <laughs> mm-hmm. six months. Yeah, when I had to check, it wasn't uh, the first day of April when this story broke, because that, that's just the first thing that struck me. I mean, as if United teams haven't been pally enough with referees through the years. This, I mean, Fergie didn't even think of this one. This is, this is a stroke of genius for United, just in their hour of need when they're crap. Maybe there was a typo, and and the suggestion was uh, Ralph Rangnick said referees should maybe also train with other clubs uh, during the season, (laughs) and not just Manchester United, so so they would understand other clubs' uh, players better. It's probably uh, that was the real story there. Right, let's move on to the latest uh, of of our uh, three defeats uh, on the trot. Rejuvenated Spurs to come. Now, uh, a bit of a surprise lineup because we saw Sanson in there. We saw uh, Bailey get the nod as well. Obviously, the context to that was uh, Danny Ing's wife uh, gave birth overnight. I think it's 3 a.m. It was in London as well, I, I think. So he understandably uh, got a pass uh, for that because he hadn't had much sleep, etc. So probably not ideally uh, ready. Although all he had to do was uh, put his uh, baby's name on a t-shirt under his shirt and play, and he would probably have scored, wouldn't he? Get the Bambino celebration out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, do the old Brazilian Bambino uh, celebration. There's a couple of Brazilians in the team, so that would have worked nicely where they all line up and uh, do the old rocking baby thing. Yeah, uh, Lucas Dean came back. Uh, it was so good to see him again for, for uh, ten minutes or so. <laughs> Brief ten minutes. I think I detected in the uh, post-match interviews that Gerard was a bit annoyed by that. What was it? A stomach problem? Do you think? What have you had for dinner the night before? Yeah, and also uh, no no indication before he started. You know, playing not in, not in the running around. Before, you know, the the uh, pre-match. Yeah, surely you'd flag it up. Mm-hmm. I'm having some stomach problems here. I don't feel quite right in the yeah. warm-up. The amount of players that have been out the night before, hung over and turned in you know, a superb performance after booking behind the um, dugouts the next day. I mean, modern footballers, just, they just can't hack it. Yeah, I don't think Gerard was super impressed because uh, he didn't even, you know, there was no joking about it. It was a kind of uh, just, you know, time waster and, uh, you know, half-assed uh, in terms of, uh, yeah, I mean, come on, it's, it's uh, sell him if, if 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 we can sell him, I would sell him just based on that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, I think the main thing was Sanson coming in there. It seemed to, I mean, since Bailey uh, had arrived, was it seven a.m. Friday morning? It's not as if. Uh, Louise was dropped 
stopped, bec- well, rested, shall we say, because he had a long haul flight. I think it's more uh, that was right. Let's that, that was probably one of the excuses to make the switch. But I think it was right. Right, let's give Sanson a chance now. We need to make some changes after uh, the Arsenal game. We we can't forget about that just because there's been an international break. And early uh, early doors, it was looking okay. But I mean, I'm talking about the first few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then how many uh, times have we seen that? Oh, yeah. they've started well here. Oh shit, no, they haven't. Yeah, but it didn't last long. And uh, as soon as you thought, oh, it's, you know, it could be an interesting game. And of course, we went into this game and thinking. And Gerard had referenced it. You know, Jimenez and Neves were out for Wolves, so they were missing some of their big hitters. So opportunity knocks. Uh, Who's that floppy-haired striker that they have, the young chap who's always rubbish against Villa? He was in their starting lineup. Fabio Silva. Fabio Silva, yeah. And you thought, this is a, you know, this is a proper chance uh, of, of our uh, four-game run up to Spurs. This is probably the one where you thought, with those players out, we might have a chance here. But straight away, within the first 10 minutes on the seventh minute, you just got a a prime example of what is wrong and what is holding Villa back at the moment. McGinn slips. The the thing is, he slips, but there's actually nobody behind him. There's no midfield behind him. And suddenly it's three, literally three inner line Wolves players just running into space before, uh, I think it's just Ming's back, isn't there? And Konza's running uh, to get back Mm -hmm. and he gets back. And because he's, been sprinting back he's he's really uh his balance is all over the place and he slips on his ass as well but to be honest you know Villa do well to recover in terms of getting a couple of blocks in but is anybody tracking back because there seem to be a couple of play- Wolves players just ghosting it in and uh they they could almost say oh no you take this and you know handed it off to Otto Otto slams it in but it could have been him or uh, another Wolves player there didn't seem to be anybody uh tr- tracking back to pick up the runners no and that, but that, it was just a, there's just nothing in that midfield to stop the counter, and you know if we lo- miss the tackle uh, in their own half, then we're we're uh, quite you know we've seen it so many times now we get cut to pieces. No, and this was this was a worry when I seen Sanson in the starting lineup. I mean, he is overdue a chance, and, and he is well overdue a start in the team. But when you put Sanson in, I'm not expecting McGinn to suddenly drop into defensive midfield position because he just can't play it. I mean, we're, we're sick banging our heads against the wall. That's that's not where McGinn plays. And this is, you know, he's is it, is it a case that he is the only one left that Gerard trusts to even do anything to even put a tackle in there? And that's what he what he's left with. I mean, he, but he wasn't playing like a central defensive midfielder, was he? They were they, they those were playing two, like a three, weren't they? And Sanson was actually further forward than uh, Ramsey and McGinn at times. It was like two were dropping back, but almost like in a casual manner. You just thought, oh, there may be trouble ahead here, and uh, you know it didn't. And didn't, there was didn't have to wait very long. No, and then of course they score the first, and a couple of minutes later, Mings has a bit of a boob up, and they probably should be two 0 up. Yeah. And not long, and well, you know, twenty minutes later, they are two 0 up with a pretty shambolic second. Which, unfortunately for Ashley Young, you know, it's it's unlucky, but it, it happens. But when you're playing the way we are, these sorts of things are going to happen, aren't they? Yeah. In, but then, know, sort of like thirty-five minutes, you're two 0 down. You've gift wrapped two goals, and with to be frank, fair to Wolves, without being too disrespectful, they hadn't even actually played that well because they hadn't had to. I thought they were very organised and stuff, but they hadn't, hadn't exactly torn us apart. We just were just we were just shambolic because their manager was waving them on when they were 2-0 up it was yeah. like lads we haven't even st- yeah. we haven't even started yet let's let's go 
No, the second goal was interesting because it just sort of happened and you went, well, how did all that happen? Then you, when you see it back, you're going, where's the gaping hole? The gaping hole at right back, where's Cash? And if you if you run it back and keep an eye on Matty Cash, he's trying to get into that position, but he gets checked by a Wolves player and he's in the ground uh, off the ball. So then you're left with Sanson out there. And he, I don't know if Sanson thought maybe Cash was coming in behind him, but he just... He's just there, and you know, it's like a token effort to cut out the cross. The cross gets whipped in, like as we said, Young's trying to head it behind, and he just he, he couldn't put it any more into the top corner. When you're watching it, as you know, as a support, you go, "Well, it's it's like uh, it's like knee height. Why didn't he just go in with his foot rather than uh, att- attempt uh, an, an awkward kind of header?" But or just step across the Wolves play completely and just let the ball go. Yeah, once you've committed, it's like uh, it's one, just one of those, isn't it? It's, and you can uh, see what he's trying to do. He's obviously trying to head it out for a corner, which is probably the the right thing to do. But he's just, you know, skidded off the turf and it's flown in. And at two 0 of course, with the way Wolves have been this year, I think before before the game against us, they'd, they'd only actually thrown away a lead once all season. So yeah. you thought, well, at two nil. We're not having a half time. This is going to be a long way back. And you could always already tell that this just what had happened to the midfield already was could just get, like it could have got yeah, ugly. And this yeah. could get nasty. And you know there was you know the post match conversations with Gerard is like oh you can almost have you know nicked it at the end and got a draw there or got something from it. It's like well no it was actually closer for being out. And he, he did actually admit this. It, it was closer for Wolves being out of sight at half-time than it was Villa getting yeah. anything out of this game. Yeah, could have been five, easily. I mean, just Martinez made a couple of decent saves, but it was just the ease that Wolves players were getting into those positions, either in the box or just in the edge of the box. It was frightening. It's like against Arsenal. There doesn't seem to be like any menace to Villa's attacking. Uh, like Nothing to be scared of, despite all this you know, talent that we have. Internationals uh, in our front line and, you know, Coutinho, etc. Bailey, who uh, oh, he's got a long way to go to justify his price tag and uh, the excitement. I mean, he's had a good cameo coming off the bench against Everton in his debut, but after that, I mean, he did have a good shot in this game, but it was it was very much a surprise. It wasn't like well, you know, you were expecting it. It just it came out of nowhere. I mean, it nearly caught their keeper by surprise, but it was a really good save. I mean, it, it felt to me I've not been too. I try not, not to be disrespectful to Bailey, but it felt like a bit of a swinger, didn't it? Where he's kind of like, oh, well, right, I'll just swing my right foot at this and hope for the best. I mean, it's a great shot. It's a good effort and a very, very good save, to be fair. But um, again, you know, you aren't going to get those little marginal things go your way when you're playing the way we are. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, and, and you're looking at players like Bailey and Sanson who've got opportunities against Wolves to uh, stake a claim and get in the manager's uh, mind. I mean, a lot has been uh, said about framing uh, the rest of the season as like a trial to be in the plans for next season. And while... Uh, you don't want to kind of extend that pressure on the players because there's enough already. Uh, that is the realist, the realism. But the fact, the fact that nobody's stepping up to the plate and is our Villa lacking the intensity because the season's over? Is it just because they're mid-table, cast out, and they can't do anything? And players are walking in with that mentality because it, you know if it is a, a local derby, you, you don't approach a game like that. You may be f- flying in from the off. I think there's just a lack of intensity and application in general. I mean, that, it was that lack of application that got Smith fired earlier in the season, lest we forget. Yeah. And we used to say, well, it's a, a team in his image is too, too nice. So uh, Gerard's obviously not the nice guy in terms of uh, his demeanour as a player because he could go through the spectrum and he could, he's, he's not an out and out nasty bugger but he had that element in him didn't he yeah Yeah. so uh he must be furious because this is not a team in his image at all no they certainly don't have that sort of clinical serial winner attitude that he had you know by any means necessary you just well yeah it's not even like you know winning attitude it's it's like the attitude to become a winner yeah (laughs) it's almost like a a real um like one track it's like a you know if 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 each inch of each individual in that side has got that sort of intrinsic thing of like, right, I want to be the best I can be in this team. They'll all be better collectively because they're not performing well individually. They're not performing well as a team either. They don't seem to like it when they're against the tide or going no, uphill. I was, I was say, no. Going uphill, it's like they only like it when they're freewheeling down a hill. That's about right, it. The Southampton game when Southampton yeah. were poor, Leeds were dreadful. Brent, um, sorry, Brighton. Let's be honest, weren't particularly great on the day. But as soon as Villa. You know, something goes against him in the game, like they go a goal down or whatever it may be. They just they, they don't seem to be able to bounce back from adversity. You look at the amount of times this season we haven't come from a goal goal down. I think Leicester we did, but we were good at that point. They're not very good at setting the tone of the game. No, I mean it's no. not even not it doesn't even have to be a goal down. It has it's even when a, a team pegs them back. I mean that that Brentford one. Look how good they were. The the Ings goal when they took the lead. But mm-hmm. as soon as Brentford equalised, that was it. It may as well have been the writing was on the wall. Again, it's, like you said, any moment of adversity. Yeah, there's a real fragility, isn't there, about them? Yeah, I mean, it got to the stage where uh, we got a penalty in the end, and that was a bit, you know... A ropey <laughs> penalty, that one, let's be nah, honest. If it was the other way around, you'd been marching on Stockley Park with pitchforks. He gets the ball first, there's contact and all, but it's, it's a bit of a soft one. But uh, as we said earlier, uh, in off the post, uh, in off the... Uh, 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 Kind of paint, yeah. A couple of bob, couple of bobbles in the ground as well before it hit the post. Yeah, well, I mean, Watkins is uh, is suddenly getting lots of stick because he missed a one on one, and uh, I just think uh, you know he's, he's statistically a one in three scores every uh, every three games for Villa, and he's. I mean, last season he was very unlucky. I mean, he would have got close to twenty. So I don't, th- and you know, the season before that, he was hitting. Was it twenty five championship goals, twenty six in all competitions for Brentford? So this is not somebody who's uh, a nobody. I mean, our most clinical striker is Ings in terms of natural finisher, and uh, the stats kind of back that up over the last three seasons. Is like two, it's like the top three, isn't he? In terms mm-hmm. of Englishmen, in terms of goals. I actually thought, yeah, I actually thought Watkins had a de- apart from that miss. I thought Watkins had a decent game because. 
there were any sort of trouble that was happening in, in the Wolves box. It was Watkins, you know, like he had before his tireless sort of like trying to bundle his way through to get a shot off. Yeah, he chased everything you can't. It's certainly, you know, his lack of end product is not for lack of effort. You can't say he's, you know, moping around the field like we've seen yeah. many other Villa strikers down the years. Yeah, I have no no problems uh, with Watkins. Uh, I mean, this this call. Oh, we need a Our we need a clinic. Not up front, are they really? No. We need a clinical finisher. Well, that's the first thing we should sign. That is that's a false narrative. Ings solve that problem. You've got like two England internationals up front. Watkins is different kind of players, but he can score goals, and he does score goals. And the goals against Liverpool, for example, in that seven two. You know, decent finish. He's not. You can't just suddenly uh, write him off. It's just that's just ridiculous. Twitter uh, difficult second season, and also I'd, I'd always say to that, you know, who are we going to get? Who's better? That's going to fit within our wage and you know transfer budget. Yeah. You ain't going to better them right now. It's all about getting that midfield balance right and, and getting the characters in midfield that you need to bring balance and, and create a platform that the attacking midfielders and the forwards can play off. Yeah. To actually create chances for the likes of Ings and Watkins to score. Who, with good service, will score will score goals. They will score goals. I mean, Watkins, a lot of what he's... He's had to create stuff out of thin air a lot of the time. Yeah. But you saw, you know, for England, he's putting away a, a, a chance from, like, literally inches out. But he's... he's when's he's he ever had area. a chance... <laughs> When's mm-hmm. he ever had? When's he ever been in the six-yard box for Villa? It, because that team isn't creating those kind of chances. It's interesting, actually, wasn't it? Gerard said after the game that we, we gifting well, we gifted Wolves two goals. We're gifting pretty much everybody else a goal most games. Nobody's gifting us anything. Whenever Villa score a goal, you kind of go, "Wow, that was a really good goal." Yeah, because yeah. we're having to really work hard at the other end to get our end product. Other teams aren't, and that's a, a really telling thing that Gerard has picked up on. Probably what we've been saying since August. It's facts. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, put a freeze frame as well of that first goal when, at the moment that uh, basically McGinn slips up and off they go. The fact there's zero resistance until you get to like Mings. There's actually nobody in like uh, acres of midfield, and that's where you shouldn't be making the last ditch tackle so high up the pitch I mean this is not the first time it happened against Arsenal I think it happened against West Ham as well yeah I, you just don't know where the midfield go at times that's that's it it's, they're just so they're just not there I mean you, any other team midfield whenever say Louise gets the ball for argument's sake and looks up you know all he sees is the three opposition midfielders two or three of them right in front of him and blocking off all his avenues I mean when it's the other way around the opposition just seem to have, you know, acres of space to do what they want. And also, I mean, we've, we've spoken about this a lot, so we don't want to duplicate it. But one thing uh, I've kind of been thinking about is we've seen in previous games when uh, the wide, the, well, let's call them wingbacks, get the ball, then uh, Ramsey or McGinn on either, either side drop back to uh you know compensate they just took they just took in don't they but they're, they're tucking in to compensate for the other team for the wide guys going forward which is you know the only semblance of gerard's tactics that i know about but the just the way the fullbacks there's a reliance on them being the villa width isn't it better to have an, a, a proper wide man who is uh his bread and butter is attacking down the flanks and let the fullbacks uh be a bit more conservative Probably why we were more solid last year and when everything was clicking, we were you know, in, the, in and around the top six. We just had a, a different kind of balance about the team. Now, I know you obviously had you know Grealish in good form. You had Barkley when it was working. I think McGinn and you had Louise. Them two working as a two a little bit deeper, didn't you? One would go, one would stay. So you always had a bit more protection and a very good back four, of course. Yeah, ultimately those midfielders who are, you know, 
tucking in or drop or, or dropping off uh, to allow the fullbacks to bomb on, they do get sucked in, and that's why we're getting caught on the counter because literally everybody is up in the opposition's half, and uh, it's last chance saloon uh, for like Mings yeah. and Konza as three or four players run at them. Yeah, and it's it's a really sort of high high risk way of playing when you're playing well, let alone when you're not playing well. It's just it's a bit kamikaze yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, and if that's the Gerard way, then I think we need a rethink. Well, if, here. if that's the Gerard way, you go, you'll get away with it in Scotland when you are better than everyone in the league. Yeah, kind of by default with respect to Celtic and Rangers, you ain't going to get away with it against. I mean, you've, you've seen us get pulled apart by like teams in the bottom three, like Watford twice. But yeah, there's something I, I kind of prefer. Like you know, say for example, Bailey's playing Mount White. I'd rather attack to be just get it out to Bailey. If you're going for width, get it out to Bailey. Let them torment them. And if and if a fullback you know gets involved with him brilliant yeah but don't be reliant on them constantly which we saw last season in abundance to be fair I mean Matt Target we needed more from but at times I thought he did reasonably well and Cash did really well last season I thought doing that yeah because we're in a position where we we, you know when one's bombing on and and gets that overlap the other one's on the other side as well looking arms out for the cross and it's like they're never going to be as good as midfielders or you know attacking wingers at at that job so to just totally rely on them 100% as our wide uh, wide men it's uh, I don't know it's it's a you're not attacking as proficiently and b you are leaving yourself open because those midfielders that are actually filling in i.e. Ramsey and McGinn their natural instinct is to get sucked up to go forward and they're getting sucked in and they're not uh, they're not thinking about I think the basis for that system I think is probably based around what Gerard's seen at Liverpool but then you're looking at you know Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson are probably two of if not the two best wing-back combination you know in Europe and you've got solid central midfield that works for Liverpool in terms of ball retention they have control of games and that's the big word yeah. that we've been missing all season and a lot of last season and then of course you factor in they've got Virgil van Dijk at the back who can pop a pass around from deep that's why in the the uh, extra shows the mom's patron shows uh, i was saying i think we just need we need two center midfielders who uh have a certain you know profile yeah yeah because that that, w- that liverpool team you just dimensioned it's henderson and fabinho you've nearly two defensive midfielders that know but how they're to solid cover. and dependable yeah. Mm-hmm. And because they play a, 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 almost a genuine front three, they kind of say to the front three and then probably the two fullbacks, you go and win us the game. I mean, look at how look, I'd imagine Henderson and uh, Fabinho's um, goal and assist stats are relatively low for a team that scores as many as they do, but they're just solid. Chelsea have got the, the same kind of thing with Kante, and then obviously they drop in, in and out of the players, don't they? Yeah, Jorginho, Kovacic, they're all yeah, exactly. the same player. The steady. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, you want midfielders that are, A, you know, getting their foot in, putting themselves about, and there's a real presence, and also they're controlling uh, the tempo and they give you a balance. It's not like midfielders that, and it seems to be confusion uh, amongst the players where they should be what they should be doing, uh, you know, when the, the fullbacks bomb on, etc. I mean, it's all right coming out with stats and saying, oh, yeah, Morgan Sanson, uh, 36 pressures against Wolves. Oh. Joint most of any Villa player this season. And you're like, well, Wolves just walked through our midfield at any opportunity. And uh, how many tackles did he actually get in? And the answer is Bailey had got two in and, you know, twice as many as Sanson did. So it's not as if, you know, it's all right ghosting around shadowing players if that's what pressures is. It's awfully good. Well, having a press, but if everyone's walking through your press, it's ineffective. Yeah, you know, stats can be misleading, as we've said for 
years now. Well, mm-hmm. tenuous is, yeah. is a word I would like to use. Yeah. Speaking of tenuous stats, uh, <laughs> what was the stat of the game, Phil Shaw? Well, that happened to be Ashley Young's first own goal in the Premier League in what was his 389th appearance. So it's not as if he makes a habit of it. He's, it was also wow. he was also Villa's oldest ever own goal scorer. Now I, I don't I can't verify this, but surely it's beaten Richard Dunn since that's all he ever did. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Used to get two or three uh, a season every season. So yeah. uh, wh- whatever age that Dunn retired at is probably uh, the the tally that he had to beat. In, well, the age he had to beat. The burning uh, question of uh, the week actually uh, derives itself from a, an, another stat and that's I mean the burning question is what the fuck is happening with free kicks Villa's free kicks because Villa have now have taken 70 direct free kicks without scoring in the Premier League and that's since Benteke scored versus QPR back in uh, 2015 that was that big shootout wasn't it was it 4-3 was three? Uh, 3 all that was all right. Now, obviously, in, in between that, there was a Horahan one against Newcastle, but strictly speaking, it was indirect. It was, because <laughs> Grealish tapped it off to him. He was a tapped off yeah, one, so... Uh, Louise has taken, what, 11 of these direct free kicks. El Ghazi has. And now, when you look around the talent that we've bought and the money that we've spent, I mean, that we should have some nailed down free and there's kick guys takers. who can hit a really good ball there when you think about you know you've got Lucas Dina Coutinho McGinn can hit a good ball the list you know is, is reasonably endless it, it goes back to that Newcastle game where Trippier had that free kick he didn't need to do anything with it just put the laces through it and hope, hope. For, hope for the best yeah Villa never do that no we had a similar free kick didn't we a game after on the edge of the box we did. And, you, we did. and they've farted around it's a Nanny McPhee fart and uh, nothing happens we just we don't do the simple thing yeah, as well, on do we? Target play. It's like play the percentages. No, we don't. No. It's all sort of frilly and overly overthought. Yeah, and you, just, you look at our playing terms. You know, we're, we're quite a narrow side, so everything sort of quite tries to be quite ticky tacker when we play through the middle and get around the box. Now, when it works, of course, it makes for very very nice football in training. Yeah, and in training, <laughs> but to do that, you've got to be pinpoint, haven't you? And let's be honest. When has Villa's pin like passing been pinpoint since we've been promoted? Pinpoint passing since we've been there's a fucking mouthful. Um it hasn't by the odd moment. There's not a consistent thing where you think like City do, where they just they can pull you apart. Yeah, because there was moments like you know against Leeds uh, when we uh, the first game when when we you know bedazzled them with some of the football. Leeds were wide open though, to be fair, until we uh, let them back in. But yeah, anybody, but you know, when we see it against West Ham, against Arsenal, they they know how we're going to play. And if they just block off that middle, shield shield the, their back four from any little in, intergroup play, then yeah. it's, it's pretty much job done because Villa aren't adapting to this. And we don't have the variety in our play yet. Gerard, yeah. I've said it a couple of times, it's, it feels like it's philosophy football versus winning football. And at some point, winning football is going to have to you know shine through here. Gerard really wants to stamp his authority. And you get that because of the age he is and he's new to the job, he's new to the league, et cetera, et cetera. He's got something to prove. But he doesn't have the tools that like a Guardiola had. He hasn't inherited a world-class team. He's got good players and they should, I, I still think they should be punching higher than they are. I yeah, still think, I, I believe that as I mean, well. I, I mean, I look at the team's... West Ham, man for man. I think they've got some players who are better than what we've got, but man for man, are they better than us? Debatable, but they're but they're more organised. Oh, they've got better character, yeah, of much better, players and, as and well. better profile in key areas. I think. But I look at you know, from the weekend, for example, Brentford going to Chelsea and winning four one. Now that is a team that are bigger than the sum of their parts. Yeah, you know, how many of that bright? Um, sorry, that how many of that Brentford team would get into our starting lineup? Probably not very many. 
after the, the tr- last couple of transfer windows, you see these 30 million men in. And at that point, if we'd finished top six or, you know, top seven, whatever this season, you'd have thought, yeah, that's, you know, that, that was kind of expected. You, you wouldn't be saying, oh, that's Villa punching above their weight there. No, no. way. Not not when you're getting Coutinho in. I think in even and- if they'd have been in sort of the top eight, but, you know, the fact that Wolves are eighth and even you know, before kickoff, we were, what, 10 points adrift of them before we yeah. even started? The headline is we're actually, uh, we're disappointed at the moment because we're not actually punching at our weight. And uh, no. onus is on Gerrard. These players aren't bad players, but also th- there is a couple of missing parts in that midfield because we just haven't got the character we're, we're here we are talking about how many pressures uh, scraping the barrel for positives <laughs> go, yeah. ghosts like midfield are, are performing there's nobody uh, that is in that midfield where the opposition goes oh, oh shit you know we've got to get through him no and unfortunately though, this, this isn't a one-off is it this is the same narratives under sort of Smith at the turn of turn of 2021 really we're seeing yeah. now once you took Grealish out of that side last season start of this season little moments of quality I think Gerard said it in his post-match you know we're basically a 45 minute team you know we're still yet to put in a what I'd say is a top 90 minute performance even Southampton I remember Ings saying it was a weird game because we won 4-0 we basically blitzed them in two 15 20 minute spells but we weren't in control you even go to uh, like the Liverpool 7-2 and you think, well, we've probably got a stronger team now than we had then. Yeah. But Liverpool, we basically set a trap for how they play and pulled it off to yeah, perfection. It was perfection, wasn't it, on the night? And it was, you know, a lot of it was, you know, Watkins on the counter-attack, Grealish uh, being uh, pristine in his passing yeah, and, and, and Barkley, t- timing his run and, and Barkley having a, a cracker as well. Yeah. But, but you know, I've, I've sort of used the example so many bloody times about those games that we went away from home last year, nicked one nils, Leicester Wolves, Leeds, etc. We just don't have that in us, do we? We don't have that steel to go away, soak up loads of pressure, and grab a goal and shut the game down. And you know, in some of those games, you felt confident. I remember the Leeds one; we we kind of felt well, we scored quite early here, but actually, I think we'll see this one out. You don't feel that about Villina. You always think there's a mistake coming. At some point, there'll be something, even if we're our playing fullbacks well. Are- Fullbacks are playing higher up than a full centre forward. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I I look across that team and you just don't think none of them have the experience of playing badly and winning like you get you know with coming from one of the the so called you know top four teams or top six teams. Only Martinez has been at Arsenal. That's really that's really it. None of the rest of them have that experience. Of just winning, playing awful this week, got away with winning, still playing awful, get away. I mean, with you it. look at for example someone like Coutinho. And in, and in his era yes. at Barcelona, you look through their their sort of, especially in the Champions League. If they play badly, they got thumped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's Coutinho was the only other one I can think of that has, has been at that level where you know you can be a passenger. I mean, there's not nobody in that Villa team can be a passenger. And maybe you can when get away with one, and I think a player yeah. like him, you you kind of give him a hall pass because you know that when when it's his game, he will win you it. We've seen yeah. enough times already this season where you can, when he's on form and it's generally been at home. His form away from Villa Park hasn't been particularly great, but there's enough there to go, he can win us a game here, but we've got to give him the ball in key areas. Before we go, I just want to say a big thanks to the My Man Said patrons for supporting the show. Uh, if you want to also support the show and get access to uh, Match Club, thanks for everybody tuning in uh, for the Wolves game. And also access to uh, extra podcast episodes, which there was a bunch uh, in the last week to get us up and running properly there. A lot of fun, and some of them uh, were probably more fun than this show, but... uh... (laughs) 
<laughs> after three defeats on the trot, it's hard to uh, come out with fresh slants uh, on such matters. But uh, the extra shows are certainly uh, were bangers uh, in the last week. So do go to myoldmenshead.com and check on the patron link there. Do also get in touch if you're any good at designing or, uh, I don't know, even like doing little videos, even it's like social media stuff or know your way around uh, Photoshop. Do uh, drop me a line on email at contact at myoldmenshead.com or even if you uh, just want to write for the website, which will be uh, rebooted shortly. Don't forget also to... uh, follow or subscribe to the my Man said podcast on uh, whatever podcast app that you use as well and until our fourth defeat on the tr- uh, until uh, the spurs game uh, which uh, <laughs> would it be typically villa to win this one <laughs> typically or rather typically spurs to our record against them at villa park in recent years is atrocious though isn't it spurs are spurs so there's always a chance <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Especially if they're going for something, and they are now. They're going for top four, so there's always a chance they're going to uh, slip <laughs> up. We'll, we'll beat Spurs, won't we, Phil? We'll beat them. Of course we will. That's right. the spirit. Until uh, that famous victory against Spurs that gets us back uh, into contention in terms of finishing in the top half, which uh, that is probably the bottom line, I think, the yeah, rest of the season. Now. If they don't finish in the top half, it's going to be a disgruntlement uh, mm. amongst the fan base. Uh, anyway, the next time we speak, uh, I would have spoken to Christian Perslow about the uh, expansion plans. Those expansion plans need success on the pitch. So uh, that's going to be uh, an interesting uh, thing to watch over the next uh, season and a bit. But until we meet again, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.